0: today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. God, and He's very gracious and gentle and patient and
1: long-suffering with us concerning this. But He will make it so that our alone time with Him is the most important part of our day. It's not something forced or coerced, no. He'll make it become Over a period of time where you can't imagine not having
0: that time with you. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Song of Songs. You can't ignore important people and expect to have a close, intimate relationship with them. As Pastor J.D. teaches today, you must give time, attention, and affection to that person in order to grow closer. Likewise, with your relationship with God, you must spend intentional, intimate time with Him to grow close to Him. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Song of Songs, Chapter 2, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: There's nothing more that the enemy wants to do than to destroy the sexual relationship between a husband and wife, and that's how he does it. Well, Pastor, you're kind of depressing me here because this, this, this isn't the real world. Well, that's a problem, isn't it? well, what are you saying? I mean, so, you know, I blew it. I mean, too late. Does that mean I'm sentenced to a life of misery, a miserable marriage? Not at all. God is a gracious God. He restores the years that the locusts have eaten. God is a merciful God. God is a restoring God. And He can certainly restore that. But God wants to spare us of See when you engage in a sexual relationship before marriage, you stunt the spiritual growth in that marriage. Because see, that, that part of the relationship is so intense that it just, it puts everything else out to bay. Because now that becomes the central focal point of the relationship. You don't communicate anymore because now you've, you've opened up that part of the relationship before, uh, marriage. You know, my wife and I, we courted for two years. I know courted is a foreign word to many young people. Uh, let me just explain. Courtship is (laughs) when the man courts the woman. And that's the proper way. I mean, even today, I don't even think they call it dating anymore, do they? Someone maybe can talk to me more about this, and correct me if I'm wrong. I know I'm old-fashioned, but uh, back in my day, I, just, I know young people hate it when, you know, older people say, well, when I was your age, oh, here we go. But when I was young, and back in our day, we called it courting. And it was that period of time where you got to know each other, for the first several months, my wife and I didn't even hold hands. Because even the touching releases hormones. And it starts there, by the way. I mean, kissing? Oh, be very, very careful. (laughs) Because that just sets things in motion. It stirs it up. It wakes it up. Don't wake it up yet. There's coming a time... (laughs) And So, uh, okay, why not? So when we first met, I uh, owned a house at the time. I was in my 20s. Uh, You know, God was just blessing my life. And I, uh, this is on the mainland. If it was in Hawaii, (laughs) forget about it. But anyway, on the mainland, real estate was inexpensive. I actually was able to buy my own house. And um, when we started courting, we would not go back to my house because that was the danger zone. I had, you know, at the time, uh, sectional sofas were in, you know, the L-shaped sectional couches. I had this really, I had really nice furniture. And we made the mistake one time, going to my place, just the two of us, and we sat on that sectional. Big mistake. So we got up, we left, never to return, because that sectional, we called it this, the sexual, sensual, sectional. So we stay away from it. Not to stir it up, not to wake it up before it's time. I think that's what this is speaking to. And again, please, I'm just going to emphasize it and, and say it one more time. So important. God loves us so much. He doesn't want us to needlessly unnecessarily drink from the bitter cup of the consequences of sexual sin. It harms us, and it mars the relationship. You bring that into the marriage relationship, sex before marriage, and the sex in marriage will, ah, I hate to say it, I've seen it many times as a pastor. It takes years, because the woman Very sensitive when it comes to the sexual part of the relationship. The woman goes into that marriage and now sex has been dirtied because it was sinful. And to make that transition from sex being sinful before marriage to sex being beautiful in marriage, that's not an easy do. And God knows it. And God wants to spare us of that. Verse 8, the voice of my beloved. Behold, he comes leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Behold, he stands behind our wall. He is looking through the windows, gazing through the lattice." Wow. You know what this speaks to? Speaks to the excitement the anticipation of her lover coming to her to be alone with her. Let's take it into the relationship that we have with the Lord. And I think the question needs to be asked, do we have that excitement, that anticipation of being alone with the Lord? You know, there, how do I say this without sounding, um, I'll just say it. When you go to bed at night, there's this thought, this, this excitement about, I can't wait till the morning. You know, like a kid on Christmas Eve. Can't wait till the morning because your mercies are new every morning. And early in the morning will I rise up and seek you. I can't. I remember, it, it was a, probably a couple years ago, I was going through a pretty difficult time, and, and just a really heavy, weighty trial. And I remember going to bed, and I had been just praying and fasting all day. And you know, when you're, when you're fasting, you're really close to the Lord, and sensitive to the Lord, and, and uh, in communion, constant, conscious communion with the Lord. And so I, I was ending the day, and I, I didn't want to end the day. I didn't want it to end. Because I was just so enraptured with the Lord that day, and just was communing with Him on such a deep and intimate level. You know, like Psalm 1611, in your presence is found fullness of joy. And I was tasting of that, and I didn't want it to end. And I remember praying as I was going to sleep, Lord, um, tomorrow morning, okay? I can't wait till tomorrow. Can, can, can we pick it up where we left off tomorrow morning? when I, I can't wait to get up in the morning, and then we're just going to be together again. That's what this is talking about. You know, I, I think I mentioned this, maybe it was last week, but our time with the Lord, being alone with the Lord, it's a get-to, not a got-to. Is something you want to do, not something you have to do. And just the anticipation. I think it was Pastor Chuck Smith actually once that said that he starts off each day, he wakes up in the morning just with the anticipation that God is just going to bless him that day. What a, what a great way to start the day that time with the Lord, alone with the Lord. And you're in the Word, the Word's in you, and it, and it really readies you and steadies you for what's prepared for you that day. Without exception, you'll, you'll be in the Word, and God will speak to you very intimately, very personally from His Word, and then you'll take that into your day, and sure enough, without exception, two o'clock in the afternoon, boom, Oh Lord, thank you so much. That's why the Proverbs is such a great book, 31 chapters, 31 days in the month usually, chapter a day. I promise you on the authority of God's Word and God's goodness that there will be at least one proverb on that day that will save your bacon. Because you're going to encounter a situation, and something that morning With your time alone with the Lord, He was readying you for it, preparing you for that which was prepared for you. So when that situation comes up, that problem arises, that adversity strikes, you're ready, man, (laughs) because you had time with the Lord. And now you're not going to react in the way that you would have otherwise reacted had you not had that time alone with the Lord that morning. I heard, uh, I heard a pastor say one time, and it's really stuck with me, God, and He's very gracious and gentle and patient and long-suffering with us concerning this, but He will make it so that our alone time with Him is the most important part of our day. It's not something forced or coerced, no. He'll make it become, over a period of time, where you can't imagine not having that time with Him. It will become the most important part of your day. And He'll see to it that it becomes that. Verse 10. All right, we'll just see how we do here. some of you are saying, what's this we stuff? This is on you. (laughs) Verse 10, my beloved spoke and said to me, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. There it is again. Come away, just you and me. This is how it is, right? When we're alone with Jesus, it's just Jesus and me. And isn't it then and sometimes only then that we'll hear Him speak in that quiet time? Because after all, is that not how He speaks? In the still, quiet, small voice of the Holy Spirit. One of the things I'm learning in my relationship with the Lord is that the Lord's not going to compete with all the voices that are clamoring for my attention. He's never going to raise his voice over all of the other voices. No, that volume needs to be turned off, and then you'll hear me speak. And the only way you're going to hear me speak, and what I have to say to you is if you'll come away and be alone with me, then you'll hear me speak. Verse 11, for lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, The flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing has come and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree puts forth her green figs and the vines with the tender grapes give a good smell. Rise up, my love, my fair one. And here it is again and come away. Oh, my dove in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the cliff. Let me see your face, let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet, and your face is lovely. Oh dear. (laughs) This again, quite a, a poignant picture. Did you notice that it deals with every single one of the senses? We say that 's sensational, meaning that it satisfies it satiates the senses, the sense of smell a fragrance the 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 hearing I hear your voice oh it 's beautiful touch lovely your face when I touch your face. How about taste? oh, those. Figs, delicious, the grapes, oh my goodness. Every single one of the senses. Everything is fresh, new. There's joy, love, peace, calm, delight, pleasure. Verse 15 is uh, a biggie catch us the foxes, the little foxes, highlight underscore bold, that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. What's this saying? Oh, it's the little things that oftentimes ruin everything. Oh, it's a little thing. Yeah, but it's usually the little foxes. You know, the big things, hey, we're we're on it. This is big. Yeah. It's the little thing. Ah, it's just a little thing. A lot of little makes a lot. Uh, A little thing, in fact, that's even more dangerous because we see it as such. Oh, it's just a little thing. But that little thing can ruin everything. And that little fox can ruin everything that intimacy with the Lord. It doesn't take much, just something so little. And, and here's how we blow it off and shine it on. Oh, it's just that, it's just a little issue. Little issue. Oh really? Little issue? Hmm. See foxes, the little foxes would completely destroy the vineyards. Oh, but it's just a little fox. Oh yeah, but you know what? Damage and destruction? that little fox, oh, just a little thing can do. You better get those foxes and deal with those foxes and catch those foxes before they destroy everything, because they will. Verse 16, will end the chapter. My beloved is mine, and I am his. He feeds his flock among the lilies, until the day breaks, verse 17, and the shadows flee away, turn, my beloved, and be like a gazelle or a young stag upon the mountains of Bethar. Now this again is uh, just rife with imagery, and think of these mountains as high mountains that divide, like here on the island we have the Ko'olam mountains. They divide between the windward side and the other side of the island. And this is what this speaks to. In fact. The, the chapter ends with this, again, beautiful picture of the mutual bond with each other, in belonging exclusively to each other, inseparable from each other. No Kotlao mountains, no, no mountain range is going to divide us, separate us, what God has brought together, let no man put asunder. That's what it's taught. The two have become one, never to be separated again. They, there is this mutual bond, this exclusivity, and it's a security that comes packaged with it. There's no insecurity. There's no jealousy. I know my lover is mine, and my lover knows that I am his. We are inseparable. Nothing can come between us, and nothing can separate us and the love that we have one for the other. I want to close with Romans 8, verses 38 and 39. Ah, I wish I didn't say this so often, because it doesn't make it as special, but this is one of my favorite chapters in all of the Bible, for real, because, in fact, let me say it like this. If you in any way doubt, if the enemy has riddled you with doubt about the love that God has for you, I want to encourage you to spend some time in Romans chapter 8, the whole chapter. The whole chapter It's one of the, I mean, it's one of the most powerful chapters in all of the Bible the last two verses of chapter 8. Listen to this. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation. Covers it all. Can you think of anything we missed here? Height, depth, got it. All creation, got it. Demons, angels, got it. Powers, got it. Past, present, future, got it. Anything else? Nope, I'm done. It's all covered. None of those things, no thing, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. (laughs) You know, we read a verse, verses like that, a passage like that, And would to God that we were reading it for the first time. We've read it so many times that it kind of doesn't quite pack the same punch that it once did. You know what this is saying? There's nothing you can do to make God love you less. Let me say the same thing again in a different way. And this is what the enemy does, by the way. And that's why the very first verse of Romans chapter 8 says, There is therefore now no condemnation, no guilt for those that are in Christ Jesus our Lord. And it goes on the whole chapter to reinforce so that Paul could come to this conclusion and say, I'm convinced the jury is no longer out. The verdict is in. This is a done deal. There's nothing that can separate me from the love that God has for me. And I know again that we've talked about this many times before, that it, it's so almost cliche. Yeah, I know God loves me. I know God loves me. But when you say it like this, well, <laughs> God likes you too. He does? He likes me? Yeah. Whoa, he does. I thought He was mad at me. No. Yeah, but I, I didn't have a very good week. Oh, what? God's up there going, I don't know. I'll have to give this one a few days. You know, isn't the enemy right there going, Hey, I wouldn't pray right now. I mean, you know, I kind of lay low for a while after what you did. Yeah, I know. I don't think God's too happy with me right now. I don't think he likes me right now. You know how, you know, in the marriage relationship, (laughs) the wife will say, not in my marriage. I have a perfect marriage, right? Like, but (laughs) the wife will say something to the husband like, you know, I, I love you, but I don't like you right now. God will never say that. He loves you. He likes you. And there's nothing you can do to make him love you less. He loves you so much. He loves you so much.
0: It's easy to read through the book of Song of Songs and think it only applies to couples. But the Word of God is always inclusive. This means you can glean something from every page, no matter who you are. So don't let your social status, job, age, or how long you've been a Christian hinder you from diving into the Bible. It's full of wisdom that you can apply to your life. As you listened to Pastor J.D.'s message today, we pray your faith was impacted in a powerful way. If you missed any part of this message or would like to hear others like it, just visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. There you'll find an archive of teachings as well as other helpful tools in your walk with the Lord. We always love to hear from our listeners too. If you have a specific prayer request or any questions, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us through our contact form on our website. Again, that's in SpiritandTruthradio.com. You'll find it under the About tab. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to connect and have you join us for our worship services. Always feel free to bring your friends and family along too. It's a great time of fellowship and learning about God with Pastor JD. Be sure to let us know that you're a listener of In Spirit and Truth when you visit. You can find out more about Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at our website or find us on our media platforms to stay up to date with all things concerning Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Thanks for being part of our study here today. We hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth.